To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by PB and Joey. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for more information. $35 or more gets you free shipping. That's pbandjoey.com for more information. pbandjoey.com. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by poppycrock.com. All your fake news and bite-sized portions. Go to poppycrock.com for more information or misinformation. That's poppycrock.com. Hey, everyone. Here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal? Investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun, no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn all through your brokerage account. Secure a spot on the waitlist and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate and when you click on the referral banner and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between $3 and $150 after funding your account. That's all you got to do. You get a free stock. I get a free stock. We all win. Trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money. Well, I'll also say that you're heavy into martial arts, Tai Chi and all that uh, killer stuff. I suppose we have to register you as a lethal weapon. <laughs> Hey, look, friend, let's just cut the shit. Now, we both know why I was transferred. Everybody thinks I'm suicidal, in which case I'm fucked and nobody wants to work with me. Or they think I'm faking to draw a psycho pension, in which case I'm fucked and nobody wants to work with me. Basically, I'm fucked. Guess what? What? I don't want to work with you. Hey, don't. Ain't got no choice. Looks like we both are fucked. Terrific. God hates me, that's what it is. Hate him back, it works for me. Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com. Recording from the Spare Parts Studios. Anyways, yeah. My name's Jay. You can find me at PositiveSarcasm.com. You can find me on Instagram at Positive underscore Sarcasm. You can find me on TikTok at Positive Sarcasm. Or you can find my Facebook.com slash P-O-S Sarcasm. Or if you just want to be my friend, you can go to Facebook.com slash Positive Sarcasm. Like, subscribe, share, find me on all the all the stuff and this shit. Hey, today was a good day. Didn't have to use my AK. Uh, the only bad thing about today was I officially ran out of Aroma Joe's coffee. Uh, about, I'd say like, I don't know, 10 weeks ago, before the whole COVID thing took over, I went to um, a, a, a 
Aroma Joe's down in the Rochester area, and instead of giving me just a small uh, bag of uh, ground uh, beet whole bean coffee, they gave me a five pound bag. And that finally, that bag has reached its end. So I got to go out and find another blend. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to get, but hey, it's been a good run of delicious coffee, and I can look forward to continuing that tradition as I continue to put uh, all the new coffees on the uh, wall of Java. But anyways, uh, streaming from these, not streaming, still recording from the Spare Parts Studio, all these pre-recorded episodes. I'm actually kind of liking the whole uh, pre-recorded thing. It allows me to take the good audio and the good video and smush them together for a post uh, post-production delight that everybody gets to enjoy no one and nobody has to miss so uh hold on mm. taking a victory i told slash i told you so sip of delicious coffee with creamer today because i've been saying i've been saying and i don't know how many of you've listened to me or not listened to me but if you haven't been paying attention to the stock market i told you it was a good time to buy you didn't need a lot of money you didn't need a lot of resources. You just needed a few seconds of your time and a few and a few megabytes for an app. That's all you had to do. That's all you had to do. When the market crashed, you should have jumped. I told you, and I'm sure a lot of you didn't listen because you were too scared. Boo-hoo, fuckity-hoo. And the next thing you know, the market came roaring back. And it come, and that's what the market does. It goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down. And this one you could have easily spotted. This one you could have easily spotted if you had a few extra bucks kicking around. Nobody, nobody had an excuse on this one. No one. Okay, it may have taken it may have taken a few weeks longer for the groundhog to not see his shadow and come out when it comes to the stock market. But when it comes to making money, I told you so today. I told you so in so many different ways in so many different stocks. It was there was no strategy to this. None. No strategy was needed. I saw every sector go nuts. If you were in the oil sector, sure, oil has hit an all-time low. That's why you should have bought. Uh, Freaking Ford went up this week, oddly enough, even though it's considered a junk bond. All of my stocks went up. Some of them have broke even. Some of them have gone up. I sold JetBlue just because I didn't really need it. They were going to double. And I didn't really need that money, but I just figured I'd sell that one out, get it out of the way, have a little extra cash on hand. The rest of it, I'm leaving in there because I know I'm going to double, triple, and maybe even quadruple my cash in the next few months. I told you guys, you should have listened. Some of you did. Some of you did. And kudos to you. It didn't really matter what you put your money into as long as you saw something that looked like a fucking bouncy ball in the stock market. You went after it. And if you did that, kudos to you. You're going to be reaping in the rewards, if not today, within the next few weeks. Because let's face it, some places are starting to open up. Uh, places are prepping to be open. And there are the pharmaceutical and the biotech division is going insane trying to curb this nightmare. So that's the one thing. Stocks, there are so many ways to make money in this environment. And I'm, and I'm, telling you guys i'm not going to tell you what exactly well okay here's what you should do you should go either download the Robinhood app which i have a link for or you can go and use the e-trade app there's an e-trade app error as well or if you have a broker go ahead and put in some orders but this is a really cheap and easy time to be buying stocks and taking care of your own first of all for those of you who are getting screwed over 
and uh, having to file for unemployment. Well, good news for you. If you happen to have a 401A or a 403B or a 401K through your, uh, through your work, then you got kicked to the curb. Well, awesome, awesome, awesome. Your, your short-term solutions of filing for unemployment is covered and then some by the government. And number two, you can pull your 401k, which is a fucking waste of time and money. You, you can't touch that till you're 65 years old. You're better off just taking the penalty and just putting it into something else. Now is the time, especially now. Here's one thing that's driving me nuts is as as everything, some companies are falling apart. Like there, I knew uh, that some companies were not going to survive this. Some companies were just going to die off. A couple banks were going to go belly up. A couple retails were going to disappear. Like freaking Hertz is apparently going to prep itself for bankruptcy. We don't know what's going to happen to them. And then there are other companies that are going to get snatched up by bigger corporations. And that's my biggest fear is when all, when shit like this happens, uh, some acquisitions get overlooked. The next thing you know, that big company out there that nobody likes just got a little bit bigger and gained a little more control and has a little more input in your daily life and what you say and what you do and how much you pay. And when they have too much control, that's a monopoly. But here's the thing. We've got a ton of them right now. And it's not like we haven't had monopolies in the past. Before a huge amount of in innovation ha is about to take place, we had, I mean, first of all, you think Andrew Carnegie was not, a, was not in a monopoly or the Rockefellers? Those people were absolute monopolies. And they went away. Just like Amazon right now is a huge monopoly in the market. Comcast is a huge monopoly on certain sectors of the market. Um, so expect, but expect them, Google, same thing, but expect with massive amounts of, tr uh, innovation with massive amount of information, innovation, those monopolies tend eventually dissipate under their own weight. That's just how life works. So unless they suppress, uh, unless they suppress the market, which is kind of hard to do. Now, then they're eventually are going to be fighting other companies because innovation just it's like it's like a crack when an earthquake happens. A vol Sometimes lava pushes its way through and a volcano of innovation decimates the whole market. And generally that innovation comes after a uh, severe amount of trauma in the world. So you had World War One. Innovation came after that. World War Two. Innovation came after that. The Gulf War. Innovation came after that. The, new, the, the Cold War, the nuclear race, innovation came after that. That's how this shit works. And through this innovation, new competition arises. So we have to be careful that well, while we're your big focus right now is if you have at this point, because, I mean, there are a lot of huge companies out there that just want your money, that don't give a shit about their, your well-being customer service wise the big banks are still surviving and they're gonna rape you for every every dime that you have left over once this pandemic is done with officially called and done with they're gonna come for their money and they're not gonna give a damn about your financial situation because they're gonna have their check and they're gonna cash it one way or another whether it's with your money or with your freaking family sedan or your foreclosed house. They don't care. They're going to come for their cash. And you have to make sure that when this thing's all over and done with, you don't owe anyone a goddamn thing. You don't owe any bank. You don't owe any mortgage lender. You don't owe anyone. You don't owe like your stepsister anything. 
You don't want to be in a position when this whole thing is over for the super corporations to freaking come bleeding you for all the money that they possibly can. Do you really want to be in debt to these people, to these fucking pickle puffers that don't have nothing to do but to just suck every freaking piece of blood cell out of you? They don't give a shit. So do you really want to be uh, beholden to their demands? I mean, I'm reading, I'm reading stuff every day. This place is buying that place. They're just trying to snatch up little segments of the market where Comcast is buying Voodoo. Um, now that Comcast buys Voodoo, it's just a little more of the on-demand market that they're grabbing. Spectrum Marketing, the same thing. There's a new article about them. They're, they're forcing, they're raising prices on their customers uh, as far as, what is it? They're, yeah, they're raising, Spectrum Marketing, which now owns Charter Communications, they're raising money on, uh, they're raising the, the rates on the legacy customers in order to force the legacy customers over into the Spectrum plans, which are more expensive. Now, they call them, they call these legacy discounts or these people that they're forcing over into the new plans, they're, they're still in the promotional stages. And once you, here's the thing, doesn't really matter. Once you're in the, first of all, yeah, if you are in the first two years of like your cable bill, it can be pretty cheap. After that, they just roll on you. They just absolutely roll on you. And your rates go through the roof. And there's no competition. Satellite doesn't is not going to get you the high-speed internet that you need and at this point deserve. They're going to choke the market because they just saw... You were, I, mean, I mean, millions of Americans were forced, were forced to work from home within a matter of weeks, if not within a matter of days. And it were, they relied heavily on their cable or their satellite provider or, or their DSL provider. Now that the power is completely in the cable company's hands, they can say and do whatever they want. They can say and do whatever they want. Um, and I don't see any... It's, it would take a long time for them to be declared monop a monopoly, even though they are, and there's no other competition. It would take a lot to force them to do... to for the government to to call that out. So all because of this work from home situation, everybody's working from home. All the, the cable companies have all the control. They have all the power. They can throttle whomever they want. Their speeds are never what you pay for. You could be getting 150, 250 megabit per second. You're getting 30 to 40. You're getting 30 to 40. And you're <clears throat> and you're already paying a ton. You're already paying a ton. And they're still going to bleed you for more. And when, like I said, uh, several weeks back, once this thing has come to an end, the prices of everything are going to go up. The prices of everything are going to go up. And like I said, with Spectrum Marketing is a perfect, that's, the, that's one of the canaries in the coal mine kicking rocks. Where this thing, where they're, raised, they're forcing price hikes on the legacy customers to switch over. Now they got them on the balls. They got everybody on one platform so they can force them to pay whatever they desire because there's no other competition in the area. So as far as being beholden to, how many companies do you want to be beholden to when this whole thing is swept over? Do you want to be paying all these credit card companies, all this mortgage money, all this, uh, your lease or your car payment plus this and that and your cable company, and your life insurance policy, do you really want to have all that on your belt? The whole purpose of money is to not worry about it. That's it. You don't want to have to worry about it. You got to get out of the situation any way, shape, or form. One of the best ways to do it 
is to know that there are ways to make money out there that don't take a lot of effort. Just takes a little bit of research and opportunity. If you had a few thousand dollars or a few hundred dollars kicking around, you could ha- you could have had a shit ton of money as of today or a few days from uh, a, a few weeks ago or a few weeks from now. And if you didn't pull the trigger, shame on you. The whole idea right now is to get is to minimize the amount of uh, companies that you're beholden to. And that's the th- and that's been my plan uh for the past 5 years. For the past 5 years, I want to be beli- I want to be beholden to almost no one, no organization at all. I want to be able to say and do and go wherever I please without anyone telling me what I can do. That's it. Just go. If I want to pack up and go somewhere, I do it. If I don't want to work with this company anymore, I don't. If I want to say something that somebody doesn't approve of, I say it. That's, that is the, that is true individual freedom of what you should be doing, something that you should be focusing on right now. And I'm just, I'm looking at it. I, I know that I sound maybe in a lot of ways vague or off directed, but I know what I'm talking about now. I see it. I don't, and I, I see it. I can only spill this information in some way, shape or form only a couple times a week to you. Only a couple times a week, because if you just go off on Facebook and you just start pushing post after post after post, eventually people just stop listening to you. If you're going on Facebook and you do nothing but complain or posts, if you just, all you're doing is selling shit, people just are not going to listen to you. They're just going to unfollow you. So the idea is that if you, if it, there's a place that they can go to, to, to listen to you or hear you, but a couple times a week then that's what that's the best way to do it. That's the best way for people to uh take want to take in what you say. Like I I mean perfect example was when I mean I don't want you to deal with these super corporations anymore. I mean you want I want you to pay everything off. Stop stop saving. If you have debt, stop saving. Pay that pay everything off right now. Pay anything that you have, any debt that you have, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Don't be beholden to anyone. No one. Pay it all off. If you can. If you can't, within the next five years, make a plan to do exactly that. If you're unhealthy, get healthy. If you're unsure about your 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 direction in life, well, fucking get one. Okay? Anything you can do to put yourself in a better position, if not five years from now, two years from now, six months from now, tomorrow... Start making those plans. Things are going to open up. All the restrictions and all the free coupons and extended programs and furloughed. Hey, you know, times are tough. We've got your back. That shit's going to end. And they're going to come collecting. And they're going to go straight for your balls. And they're going to drain you for everything that it's worth. You think these Spectrum and Comcast, they don't give a shit about you. They don't. At least Verizon's like, hey. You know, they don't. There's not a lot of stupid emails from them. Just pay your money. Cool. That's it. And the thing is, if I don't like Verizon, I can go to another cell phone place. I can go to another cell carrier. There's tons of them. Cool. So there's mar- There is comp. There's plenty of competition there, and I do- and you don't have to pay a lot of money, and you get great service. 
Whereas the other, well, the other one, that's it. They're, they're, the super corporations are running low on running low on reasons to monopolize my life, monopolize my money and my time. There's only a couple. There's only a couple that get to say and do, have any say in what I do with my time and my money. And I got to tell you, the line between me and them, it's getting really thin. It's getting really thin. And, it's, and I'm getting ready to, quote, cut the cord on a lot of super corporations and what they tell, what they have as far as the money I have, what they, the say they have to do with me. You know, I don't put myself on, on Twitter. I'm no longer on Twitter, so I can't get banned from them. I don't go into crazy conspiracy theories. I don't talk about COVID-19 being a fucking biolab leak. I don't give a shit about them. There's some things I just don't care about. It doesn't do anything for me to go down that path. It does nothing for me. I know the Chinese fucked up. We all know that. They fucked up. They're going to pay the price for it. And that's as far as I need to go with that information. I don't plan on traveling to China. I don't give a shit about China. I don't care. I give about I give as much shit about China as I do Oklahoma. I don't fucking care. I don't plan on going there. And that's the end of it. And quite frankly, I don't plan on if either when it comes to Oklahoma or China, I don't plan on eating the local fare there either. So I don't doesn't matter to me in in, in any capacity. As far as the uh, and there's so many I don't know, I don't remember the last time I actually read an article on Dig Except for today. Today's going to be the first one where I actually read one on, on Dig, where I'm seeing a lot of these iconic brands that are disappearing. Well, guess what? That's what's going to happen. A lot of brands are going to disappear. What are we concerned about the old normal, the old ways? We want When's everything going to return to normal? Things were never normal. When were things normal? In the past 10 years, when were things normal? We were in, a, we were in several wars. We had H1N1. We had SARS. We had another, we had fucking all kinds of threats. We had shootings. Things were never normal. Never. Don't expect normal. What is normal? Your boring, depressing office job? Going in every day and dealing with the same fucking idiots? There is no normal. There was never a normal. 1940s, world, okay. 1920s, you had prohibition. Okay. Okay, well, let's go even farther back. 1910, uh, 1914, World War I, the 1920s, you had fucking prohibition, and then the stock market crashed. Oh, by the way, you also had massive, you also had pandemics back then too. 1918, the fucking Spanish flu. Good luck, yeah, look that one up. Pande- this pandemic ain't shit compared to that one. 1930s, the Great Depression. Every 1%, statistically, every time unemploy- unemployment goes up 1%, uh, what is it, like 40,000, 50,000 people die? That's an interesting one. 1940s, World War II. 1950s, Cold War. Um, what else? Stalin's five-year plan, 60 million people killed. The 1960s, you had the, hip, you had the hippie movement. You had the Korean conflict. You had, then you had the 1960s and 1970s. Narcotics, New York City. Uh, the drug epidemic, the, uh, what else do you have? The Vietnam War, remember that one? You had all these little wars too. The 1980s, the oil crisis. Chernobyl, the space shuttle Challenger exploding. Chernobyl was one of the most, the most fucking mind-boggling 
nuclear disaster in all of human history, and we're still feeling the effects of it today. The 1990s, the Iraq War. We had presidential scandals. The, the beginning of large school shootings. The 2000s, 2000s, even more shootings, even more wars. And, the, and to top it all off, 2008, the massive mortgage crisis. The stock market crashed. People killed themselves. 2010s, we got a fucking celebrity president. We had more shootings. We had another, we had a pandemic. We had a couple of them. We have the issues with other countries. When's the normal? Somebody, I'm just shit, I'm just throwing shit off the top of my head. When do you look, what's normal? There is no normal. Don't expect normal. From the moment you can think for yourself, don't expect there to ever be a normal. Don't expect anyone else to take care of anything for you at any time. And as long as you think like that, you're going to be just fine. You're going to be just fine. What, there is no normal. Everything always turns over in one way, shape, or form. And you, and you can't expect to, yourself to be the victim in that scenario because there is no normal. There is no dependent. You can't be dependent on anything. Going to college. When did... when? You know I, I, how short a period of time that was where college actually meant something? What, between the 19 fucking, the 1950s and 2000? So 50 years, you go to college, you get that gold watch, you work at a company for 30 years, maybe, maybe? That's it. Truck drivers, how long did that last? 60 years? Truck drivers are probably going to last for another 30, 40 years. They'll still be here. That's going to go away. Nothing lasts forever. Everything changes over. Granted, there are a couple decades where things seem like status quo. But everything changes. Everything changes. You can't expect there to be normals. No, a lot of, some records, most records get broken. Humans evolve. We get better. Well, some do. Sometimes I read stuff and I question that very thing. But, don't expect there to ever be a normal in life where you can just kind of float along life's path. Doesn't work like that. At least not in my eyes. Because I'm not one of those people that was born to live life. I was born to capture it and present it to you in a, in a, in a certain way. So I'm always looking for, like a bank thief, I'm always looking for angles of approach. So it's for me, it's all about presentation and creating new angles and new concepts. So I'm never looking for status quo, normal. I want to get the I want to get present the client with something amazing right off the bat from the very beginning and wow them as the first chance I get. And I don't see myself as always having plenty of time for a project. For me it's it needs to be done this week. There's never is there's never a normal for me. If I don't get up before the sun rises, something's wrong. And that, and that can change. That can be 4.30 in the morning, and that can be 5.30 in the morning. I don't know, but I better be up before that sun comes up. I better be, or something's very wrong, or I'm wasting my day. You know, I, there's, there is none of that. There's no excuses. None. That's what my clients demand. I demand that of you. Don't be reliant on your primary care doctor or your broker 
or your teachers or your family. Although family, I have to say, when it comes to having your back, generally family and community are the first and most reliable. Everything else, throw it away. And if you can't rely on family and you can't rely on community, that means all you have is yourself. And that's all you need. So don't expect these corporations to give a shit about you when this whole pandemic ends. Don't expect anybody to come come to your rescue. We just shelled out tons of money that we don't have to everyone all across the United States. And that for a lot of people, that wasn't even a drop in the bucket. It was nothing. It was just delaying the inevitable. Do you want to be in that position? Do you really want to be in that position? I've been in that position where you go to swipe your credit card, swipe your credit card, and it gets denied at the grocery store. I don't ever want to be in that position again. Ever. I'm enjoying everything that I have right now. I have a plan B and I have a plan C. I might even have a plan D now that I look at it. I could always be a prostitute if I thought about it really hard enough. <laughs> hard. But things are going to change. They're never going to they're never going to stay the same. Some of your favorite stores are going to disappear. Some of your friends are going to have to pack up and leave because they can't afford their current situation. There are people that bought brand new cars and brand new homes and did all kinds of crazy shit right before this shit started. There were companies and stores that opened up new locations and bought other companies and had huge plans. This whole thing hit. Changed it all. You got to be ready for life to punch you in the face. You got to be ready for that small boat on the waves of the, of the waves of the ocean. And then a rogue motherfucker just comes and knocks, knocks you right off. You got to be ready for that shit. You got to be ready to pivot at a moment's notice. Usually I save these sermons for like Sunday. But I got to ha- I got to tell you, today I was just watching the market and I just shook my head and I go, "How many people didn't take what I said seriously?" Seriously. Just fucking telling you. I said buy. I said just pick a spot on the map and buy it. Some of you did. Some of you did that. And you were going to make a lot of money off of that. You literally, it, you know, is it all about money? Yeah, in, in a way. The idea is to not have to worry about it. Some of you, y'all, are, are worried about, I don't know, some of you getting married. You had to postpone your date. And you had to redo it. Hey, shit happens. Just reset. Just reset. You're still going to get married. You still love each other, right? All right. What's a little flu going to fucking wreck your wedding? No big deal. You get a new one. You can just set a new date. You prepare. You plan ahead. Some of you did that. Great. No worries. There's still plenty of ways to make money in this environment. There's still plenty of things to do. There's still plenty of places to go. And this would be a great time to learn how to cook and not make some fucking stupid cappuccino milk frothy coffee thingy that you saw on Instagram and was full of sugar. No, I make real food. Make real food. Learn how to be more self-sufficient and more appreciative of the stuff that you eat. And when you make it yourself, you're going to feel a lot better. You're going to feel a lot better. 
Now, everything that you do for yourself, you feel more proud. You, you, your chest puffs out a little bit. You just, you kind of realize, oh, that's right. I don't need to order out every night or every week or every month. I don't have to do any of that. I can do it all myself. It's a confidence builder. It's a confidence builder. It's, it's, it's a great lesson in, in knowing that before Grubhub and Postmates and uh, fucking Amazon Prime Super Uber Delivery, you know, don't even get off your couch. We'll put it right on your lap for you. Before all that, we were okay with waiting five to seven days for a package to come in the mail. We were perfectly fine with making our own pizza, teaching our kids how to make our own pizza, walking our own fucking dogs, not waiting for the Uber to pick us up. We were willing to walk three or four blocks to go pick up a couple bags of groceries or drive somewhere with our, because, you know, or learn a stick shift because we couldn't, we couldn't get an automatic, but all they had left was a stick shift. So we learned to drive a manual car. Ride your fucking bike. This is the, I'm trying to get something across here as far as there is no normal. That little bit of chat, that challenge is what you need. You don't need a return to normalcy. You need a challenge. You need a kick in the ass. Don't be worried. I mean, before this whole pandemic hit, everybody was so concerned about their identity, who they are. You should be more concerned with, after this all's over, what you got left. Remember that. Before this all started, everyone was all concerned with their identity, who they are. After this is all over, they should be more concerned with what they got left. There. Wanted to put that. Make sure you heard me, so I said it a second time. Your identity don't mean shit when you've got no money in the bank, no fucking job, and no purpose in life. Nobody's going to care about you. Everybody went from complaining on Twitter. Who's complaining now? Who's complaining now? What do you got to complain about? This flu ain't racist. This situation is hitting everyone. And for those who had nothing, more will be taken. And I'm perfectly fine. Because I put myself in a position to succeed. And when the shit hit the fan... I grinded it out, and I'm good now. I still got some battles to take care of, but man, it feels good to have money in my pocket, money in the bank, money in the market, and surrounded by all kinds of cool shit. And I'm still working out. Still working out five, six times a week, getting cardio in more than usual, oddly enough. That's kind of weird. Pulled back on my coffee intake because I think I was getting a little aggressive there for a while. I feel good. I feel fucking good. I could use a haircut. Definitely use a haircut. I'm thinking about getting one of them wall shavers and just kind of, you know, handle it. Going 12 monkeys on you. You know? Got a, I got a deal on fucking MyProtein. Went to MyProtein.com. They had uh, three 2.2-pound uh, bags, so 6.6 pounds for just under 40 bucks. I got chocolate brownie. Chocolate brownie stars and stripes. Isolate. Not the fatty shit, the isolate, which is the good protein. I figured uh, since I'm trying to continue to slim down, you know, shred city for the summer, I was like, I needed something, you know, I wanted some protein in the house, a quick, you know, something that great thing about protein is it it, oh, it fills out your stomach so that you're not as you're, you're kind of full. 
and you get and it hits the sweet tooth at the same time. So I got a little coconut milk and a dash of heavy cream. Put that scoop of protein in there. Good to go. Feel good. Delicious. Not craving chocolate. Awesome. And then for the money, great supplementation. You know, and I, I I'm still eating real food, but not touching any carbs, not touching any real, not really touching any sugars. But I figured that was a good investment in my health. I don't generally like buying supplements because I really don't need, well, vitamins are different. But I mean like pre-workout, BCAAs and CLAs and all this other shit. But you know, for your health and wellness, I think it's great. It keeps me from eating everything in the cupboards and it's perfect. It was a great investment. And like I said, you focus on your health, I focus on mine too. And I want to set the example for all y'all for the summer and for just in general you know there's it's it's a great it was it was a great it was a great deal it was a great deal and like i said i was perfectly okay well sort of i got a little angry because fedex is horrible fucking jesus christ land the plane drop my protein they literally fly over my house on friday they could have literally thrown the fucking bags of protein out the plane and it would have landed in my backyard Said I had to wait till like Monday or Tuesday. Talk about first world problems. I'm like, there it is. Just throw the bags out the window. I'll catch them. Just you can literally just pour the protein out of the out of the fucking plane. It will land right in my mouth. Had to wait a whole three days. Son of a bitch. Even though I ordered it on like a Tuesday. Everybody's running around with masks still on. Good luck to you on that one. Good luck to you. All I know is I got cash everywhere. I got a full tank of gas and my V8 convertible. I don't give a shit. I do not care. I get so many things to look forward to. My clients love the work that I'm doing for them. And quite frankly, you know, I can come on here not in a bad mood. I can talk shit about any company I want and not give a damn about the repercussions. Because I know if they come after me, I'm going to just I'm going to fucking bark even louder. And it's only going to hurt them to do so. So when I when I talk shit about these companies, you know, they better respond in a positive manner. And there are some companies that can get away with, get away with at this point continuing to be the pricks that they are. Some of them can't because they don't have a monopoly on the market. And there's too many choices out there. So if they're a dick to the customers or to their clients, they those clients can go somewhere else. Now is not a time, especially with a lot of companies missing expectations, getting crushed in the first quarter as far as earnings go. And eventually, the innovation will lead to the demise of a lot of these cable companies. Spectrum, Cox, Comcast. It will kill some of them. Kid you not. I mean, IBM. IBM's big. They were big back in the 80s and 90s too. Guess what? Microsoft and Apple showed up and fucking destroyed them. IBM had to switch switch to client enterprise software services. They had to abandon their PC lineup altogether. Sold it to a little company known as Lenovo. Ever heard of them? They were a little shitty outfit from China back in the day. Now they're huge. But IBM had to get out of that game. It wasn't their gig anymore. Trauma leads to innovation. Precipice leads to innovation. 
Innovation takes those big companies that were fucking everybody over in the market for the longest time. And guess what? People will remember. They remember those companies that fucked them back in the day. And and they don't stick around. There's no loyalty in this business. AT&T and MCI, ancient fucking history. At least one of them is. AT&T had to switch up their game a lot. And they don't control the market anymore either. They got to fight with Verizon. They got to fight with, uh, you know, all those other, like, Boost Mobile and shit. You'd be surprised. Boost Mobile and T-Mobile and all that shit, they got competition. They got a lot of competition. So, I'm saying, is this, what's going to happen after this? Quantum computing? Maybe. How's that going to affect the market? I don't know. But these companies, they're going to, they're right now, they're going to come collecting because they're hurting too. And they got to, if they can put a stranglehold in the market and make more money in order to pay their execs bonuses, they're going to do it. And they're going to come right for your pocket. You're not paying, it doesn't matter if you're not getting your MLB or your NBA or NHL or NFL sport packages right now. They don't care. They're going to come collecting. Because they're not getting money from those packages right now. Millions of dollars in sports packages. They're not getting any money for it. So they got to get it somehow. And they're just going to come right from your wallet. $10 here. $20 there. They don't care. They don't care. And they're going to provide less services. They say they're doing more as far as, oh, we're going to give you extended data till June. Or we're going to do, doesn't matter. They're coming for you. I warned you. I tell you all this stuff ahead of time. And I have every right to laugh at you or talk shit in your face or say I told you so when this is all over. And it never is over because there's never a normal. Sure, there are some calm seas, but there's always a storm ahead. And you better be a fucking surfer and be able to ride that tsunami. Or you're gonna get you're gonna get drowned the fuck out and that shark's gonna eat your ass. You guys gotta know that. What do you wanna do? I don't care. Go vegan. Fine with me. If you can't afford to eat meat, I don't give a shit. Whatever gets you over the hump. That's the thing. This is an old school rant. Old school. Vague but true. You guys got to learn that this shit, there is no normal. There never was. And there never will be. Because but beyond this, there's going to be some much weirder shit down the pike. There's going to be some, some people saying this is like a dress rehearsal for something bigger. I'm not thinking another pandemic. I'm thinking like a fucking giant war or a meteor. Or something, or solar flares, or something. I don't know. There's so much shit I read about. We don't know what else is coming. There's so much more down the pike. And you only got so much life to live that you really want to just pretend that there's a normal? It just isn't, it isn't a thing. It isn't a thing. Put yourself in a position where you can have the most access to life. That's all. Make it as convenient for you as possible, not for anybody else. So, we are at 41 minutes. I'm going to switch to Q&A. I want to also give a shout-out to... I talked about a couple weeks ago on the podcast that um, Mick Gordon, who is the... uh, He's a a, a composer, but he's also very well known for making the, uh, the soundtrack to the new Doom game and Doom Eternal. 
and how Bethesda went and hired and uh, had an, an engineer mix the last version of Doom Eternal. So m poorly mixed, mixing is a hard thing to do, uh, decided to mix the versions of the soundtrack instead of having Mick Gordon do it, which wasn't a good idea because it came out very poorly. But Mick Gordon is going to decide, he's going to just take the time to mix his music and then release it to the public. He only mixed 10 of them. He's going to mix more of them down the road. So he's going to take care of, he's going to, the fans love him for the music, for what he did. And he's going to do this for the fans. He's going to mix the music, which is awesome. And he's, and then it's going to be released to the public, which is why I, I love these guys. Bethesda fucked up by not hire, not having him do the whole soundtrack, not mixing the whole soundtrack, which they should have. You know, uh, but you can go ahead. It's on Game Debate. You can look, go to game slash uh, game hyphen debate dot com. You can look up Doom Eternal. But yeah, the soundtrack was kind of shoddy as far as the mixing goes on on the vast majority of the soundtrack. Uh, but the composer Mick Gordon is going to go ahead and fix most of the uh, fix most of the soundtrack in the coming months, and uh, he'll release it online. It'll be pretty cool. You can go and check it out. The, the soundtrack is insane. But he's going to go... It's it's kudos to him and more like shame on Bethesda for not uh, not following through and kind of half-assing it when it came to it. I mean, they did a great job publishing the game and all that stuff, but come on, the soundtrack makes the game. So kudos to Mick Gordon. You can go ahead and look him up on YouTube. Uh, he's the shit. Mm. Also... No, nah, actually, we'll, we'll get to the uh, Porsche 911, the Cannonball Run record. We'll get that to that Sunday. It was a slow news day, but except for the stocks. Oh, my God. That was fucking awesome. I was just watching that shit all day while I was doing other stuff, just watching the market. And I'm like, oh, yeah. JetBlue came out of nowhere, although I was expecting them to go up anyways because once the market planned to reopen, I was like, okay, all right, all right. I see what we're doing. And right now I'm just watching I'm just watching more money roll in. And I don't need – the great thing is I don't need to touch this money. I don't need to do anything with it. I'm just going to sit there and watch it double. And then watch it triple. And then maybe watch it quadruple. And then I'll see what I want to do with it. Maybe I'll fucking pay off everything. And then I got... Then nobody can tell me what to do. Which is great. I love that feeling. Anyways. We're at 44 minutes. Now I'm starting to milk it. So let's go straight to the Q&A. So if you want to support this podcast, you can go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. If you want to check in and figure out what you want to do with the stock market, maybe jump in. Just go to positivesarcasm.com, click on the contact page. There's a donate button. There's a uh, a Robinhood link there. If you click on that Robinhood link, I get a, I get a free stock, you get a free stock. So you get a free stock. You get your first introduction to the market. And then all and then all you got to do is just fund your, fund your account, which is free. And then you can start and then you can start learning how to trade. Just watch the market for like a week. Put a little dime in there. Now right ne right now is a good time towards the end of the week. Uh, putting money in and getting after it. Okay? So if you lose money in the market, it's on you, but I'm telling you right now, things are going to start to return to normal, which means money is going to start to go back into the hands of the companies, which means their profits are going to go up, which means their, their freaking stocks are going to go up. That's how it works. There might be some either kind of weird recession or whatever, but that's what the market does. You just don't panic. Panic selling never helps anybody. Okay, make a little bit here and there. You'd be paying for your that'll be paying for your vacation in no time. Anyways, so we're going to finish up today with some Q&A. So let's get right to it.
This, uh, there's some good ones today. All right, here's the dig Q&A. Should I continue CCing the CEO of my large company when I email my colleagues? I work for a company of 10,000 people within customer service. At my office, there are a lot of people who don't respond to my emails, and those who do sometimes take days. This has been frustrating to me recently. Uh, this has been frustrating me recently. If I need a certain document, slash, etc., I have to practically chase down the person to get to get it. Given that most of us are now working from home, that has made the problem worse. I decided to start including the chairman slash CEO of our company on all emails to coworkers who either never respond or are very slow. To give some examples, IT usually is usually slow. So when I had an issue with my laptop last week, I included the CEO on it. There was another case where a customer had a question that I didn't know the answer to. So I told the customer I'd get back to him and then emailed the coworker as well as CC the CEO in my question. I've only been doing this for a week, but the response rate has been fantastic. My supervisor called me up and told me to stop doing this, and I explained the problem to him. He nonetheless still told me to stop, and I agreed to it. However, I'm planning on resuming if my coworkers start ignoring me again. I haven't gotten a response from the CEO either, so I don't think it's a really big deal. All right. Well, are you going to get a response? Yes, because here's, there's two rules. There's a rule, and then there's a rule on top of the rule. The squeaky wheel gets the grease, okay? So obviously, if you keep complaining enough, and you keep come, you know, pushing your head out there, making yourself visible, you're going to get a response. So the squeaky wheel gets the grease. However, the squeaky wheel is also the first one to get replaced. So if you keep talking shit, you're eventually just going to get pushed aside or targeted, okay? Because you're making yourself out to be a nail. And if you just become annoying, and yes, the CEO doesn't see that. That's correct. But the secretary for the CEO, the personal assistant of the CEO does see that shit and it's annoying to them. All right. And they've got enough on their fucking plate. So do yourself a favor, stop doing it. And if the, your supervisor or these IT people are not getting back to you, because that's because bro, you work for a company of 10,000 people within customer service and that's customer service in a nutshell. Nobody ever gets back to you. Nobody's ever going to do anything for you. So what the fuck are you doing, and why do you care? And like I said, oh, you should take pride in your work. Only if you work for yourself, or if you're high up at a company, not in this, or if you work for a really small business. Okay, but you work for ten thousand. You work within ten thousand people. You really think you're gonna change anything? You think those little differences that you make in people's lives? Guess what? Guess what? You really think you're king fucking hero? Uh uh. That's not how this works. Do yourself a favor. Stop making yourself visible because then you're just going to make yourself expendable. And then you're not going to be around to fix these people's problems. That's what you really are to begin with. So stop doing it. Don't make yourself begrudgingly out of spite. I'm going to include the CEO. That's a fucking idiot move. That's an idiot move if you do it after this. You're going to get you're going to get talked to because you're not making you're by doing that you're going over you're going over a supervisor's head, you're going over manager's head, you're going over director's heads, you're going over executives' heads by doing that. And by making them out to seem like they have no control, they're all going to look at you and they're all going to come for you and they can fuck you out of a job in so many ways that you can't even imagine. Make yourself invisible and quick. Just disappear. Stop talking. Shut your mouth. And find a way 
out of the situation that you're in and the company that you work for and go and design something else. Go and do something else. But while you're there, make yourself invisible. You'll be a lot better off. It's not going to get you a raise by including the CEO in your emails. What's the next one? All right. Should I tell my HR Zoom? Should I tell HR? Okay. Should I tell HR Zoom sent me a chat transcript where my coworkers made fun of my weight? I recently hosted a Zoom call for my work team. At the end of the call, I was sent the transcript for the meetings group chat as it contained some important notes. I was also accidentally sent the transcript for a private chat between my coworkers, Lisa and Natalie. I thought we were on good terms. We've grabbed drinks outside of work and exchanged holiday cards last year. But during that brief chat, Lisa told Natalie it looked like I'd eaten all of my quarantine food already. She'd added that if she ever weighed as much as I did, she'd kill herself. (laughs) Natalie replied with laughing emojis. While I'm not sensitive about my weight, these comments gutted me. I feel humiliated and wish I'd never seen them. I'd subsequently had a brief enjoy your weekend message from Natalie. I don't think either of them realizes I saw their chat transcript. I'm hesitant to contact HR because A, I dreaded other people seeing the transcript, and B, I hate conflict and disruption, and C, I don't want Lisa and Natalie to lose their jobs, but I don't know how to move forward without addressing this issue. Should I go to HR? No, absolutely not. You understand, once you go to HR, it's no longer in your control. It's no longer in your hands. You're causing way way more trouble for yourself than you realize. Don't go to HR because once you go to HR, they are obligated to act. They follow the protocol and then that's it. And yes, people will lose their jobs. The easiest way to solve this problem is lose the fucking weight. Solve the problem yourself because if you are the problem, then fix it. Yeah, and maybe am I fat shaming you? Well, apparently Natalie and Lisa are. And what do you you think you're going to what are you going to do? Blame Zoom? Stop using Zoom, stupid. Use fucking uh, WebEx or something else. Something that hasn't had privacy concerns. What are you, out of your mind? No, don't blame Lisa and Natalie for you being fat. That's your own problem. That's your own problem. Don't go to HR. Once you go to HR, this whole thing turns into a giant mushroom cloud. And when the dust settles, people aren't there. You never go to HR. You never go to HR. Unless you plan on leaving that company in the next couple of years, you don't go to HR. It's not, it's just, it's not worth it. And yeah, maybe it is Zoom's problem that they sent you that. But, you know, you shouldn't, people make fun of you all the time. People make fun of me all the time. You think I give a fuck? Not really. I'm in a perfect position here where I have my own stuff and I can do whatever I want. People want to make fun of me, go ahead. Just roll the punches. Mm. Yeah, definitely don't go to HR in this one. You don't know what kind of Pandora's box you're going to open on that. Here's the next one. Was I wrong for telling my boyfriend I wish he'd wear clothes in front of his family? My boyfriend is 22, and ever since I have known him, he has been very comfortable being naked or semi-naked in front of his family, which consists of his older sister and his mother. We have been dating for two years, and I live with my parents. A while back, I pointed out how it was that how, how odd it was he was comfortable being buck nude in front of his family. Since I have grown up wearing clothes in the house... Since the quarantine started, my boyfriend has barely put on boxers and will laze around in a towel for a whole day. He doesn't even get dressed for college classes and will zoom in the buff with the camera off, even for one-on-one meetings with professors, which is super unprofessional to me. Since I pointed out to him that his nudeness, 
was out of the ordinary. He has quizzed his friends about whether they wore clothes at home and was astounded to find out that all of them did. He finally asked his family whether they felt uncomfortable seeing him nude, and they admitted that they wish he would wear some more clothes. I told them that I agreed with them. I had told him that I would respect my family's wishes if I were making them uncomfortable. He got mad at me for expressing all of this and told me that I made him seem like a pervert who was forcing himself and his family. Am I in the wrong? Am I body policying him? Am I body policing him? No, you're right. You're right. Your boyfriend is being lazy and uh, not taking that extra step. And who walks around naked in front of their family? Ooh, that's just... That is fucking creepy. You don't want to be walking around in front of your sister with your balls hanging out. Come on. What's the matter with you? I know there are some weird family traits where you hear about that shit. And I told the story about I had a I had a, like a, a, a friend back in first grade who whose dad walked around naked in front of us. And that shit that shit's for 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 young cats, dude. You don't want to be you don't want to be doing that stuff for the long term. If you are going to be having professional, you don't want to have like. Uh, an issue where you're with a with one of your professors, as he states, and the next thing you know, the camera's accidentally on for some reason, and your nuts are freaking tapping against the computer screen. You don't want to be caught in that situation. You don't want to be, quote, caught with your pants down, literally, uh, in this situation. So, yeah, your boyfriend needs to put some fucking clothes on, quit being a bitch, and go buy himself a new pair of jeans. So, if you want to help him out with this situation and go clothes shopping with him, great. That would be a great girlfriend. Good on you. But your boyfriend's 22. Not surprising. He's he's completely fucking you know discombobulated. But yeah, he's got to he's got to put himself together if he wants to be professional in this world. Um, he's got to be able to move on a dime, and you can't move out into the world when you're buck ass naked. So my advice to you is make him wear clothes. You're not in the wrong in this situation. And um, yeah, I don't know what he looks like, but. I'm again, I'm assuming he's not the best looking dude with no clothes on. So yeah, no, you're not wrong. I, I completely support you in this position to have your boyfriend wear clothes for the most of the time. All right, uh, let's keep going. Was it unreasonable to expect our friend to comfort us when she had COVID-19 symptoms? My wife and I have been friends with Sandy and Keith for years. We truly consider them to be family. A few weeks ago, my wife and I had a miscarriage, which deeply impacted my faith. My wife was upset and confused by my reaction and wanted to talk with our closest friends about it. Sandy and Keith said they would come to their house to meet with them. When we were getting ready to leave, they called and said that Sandy wouldn't be able to talk because she wasn't feeling well. She had flu symptoms and was, cr and was worried she might have COVID-19. My wife really wanted Sandy's guidance. We reiterated how important our issue was. We understood that Sandy was sick, but we were willing to get ourselves sick in order to... In order to talk with them both, Sandy wouldn't budge, and we wouldn't. We ended up seeking out help elsewhere. Over the course of the following week, my wife texted Sandy that we were offended. Oh, here comes the texting thing again. That's rule number one that she broke. That she was not willing to meet with us. Sandy insisted that we felt she felt burnt out by the help she gave to others. In addition to being sick, we felt that the deep need we had should have override her other concerns. Are we unreasonable to expect Sandy to meet with us during our personal emergency? Should we expect family to be there when we're experiencing personal crisis? All right, you're being you are being 100% selfish. This seems ultra needy. Yeah, you had a miscarriage. Miscarriages aren't cool. They do happen and they fuck with chicks a lot. However, when people don't feel uncomfortable, when people feel uncomfortable about coming to see other people, when they possibly have a hard-hitting case of the COVID, guess what? Your miscarriage ain't shit. So you have to understand that she's burnt out. Burnt out 
and sick and needs to focus on her own personal health and well-being before she comes to age you. It's your responsibility to figure out your own shit, and eventually they will come to your aid. They can talk to you over the phone and this whole texting shit. Once again, texting Sandy that we were offended. Fuck you. Fuck you and your faith. I, you don't text people to say that you're offended. You can go fuck yourself. But I am sorry about the miscarriage. But maybe you should have had one. So I don't feel too bad. All right, moving on to the last one for the day. Should I tell my wife I have never been attracted to her? I was raised in a religious home and didn't lose my virginity until the embarrassing age of 26. Eh, don't be embarrassed, man. Some late bloomers. I was told by the church to save it for marriage, and I was a virgin until I met the woman who would become my wife at a party. I said to hell with it. We had a one-night stand, and we've been together now for over eight years. I'm tall and slim, and my wife is short and heavy. Like an idiot, I believed it's what is on the inside that matters. Yep. Word on that, yo. My wife is the sweetest, most thoughtful person I've ever met. I love spending time with her, but I absolutely have no sexual attraction to her. As a result, I've all but stopped initiating sex on the rare occasion when we do just make love. I make her come twice while I'm struggling just to get off. I know it's shallow, and I know beauty is only skin deep, but what I'm supposed to do when I'm seeing my wife naked sends me into an anxiety attack. When I'm helping her out with the laundry, I get bummed because there's nothing in her wardrobe I find attractive on her. Even when I look at old pictures of us together, I get extremely depressed because I know this is the best she's ever going to look. It doesn't help that she finds me handsome and regularly tells me so. It's gotten to the point where I find any woman who isn't my wife desirable, including but not limited to her family and friends. I should also mention that she has no interest in having an open relationship or a threesome because she prefers having me all to herself. I don't want her to ask her I don't want to ask her to change because she's perfectly happy with herself but I'm becoming increasingly resentful. What do I do? How do I tell her? Is there any way I can come out of uh, of this the good husband? Well, here's the thing. You're living a lie. Do you love her for who she is as a human being? Yes. But is her weight unhealthy to look at? And is her weight unhealthy in general? Yes, it is. So you're not attracted to the woman she is. But here's the thing. You can be attracted to the person that you can be attracted to the person, but as far as what she could be, yeah, there's something to be desired there. And if she truly loves you, then yes, she would change. She would get healthy for you and lose the weight if she if she chooses. Now, yeah, I get it. You fucked the girl. You decided you wanted to marry her. You followed the religious standards of this is the woman I want to be with, blah, 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 blah. But here's the thing. This is only going to lead to your demise. There's only two ways out of this. One, you get a divorce and you go and seek other ass. Two, you confront the problem head on. You look like an asshole for a little bit. You fess up 100%, and then you let the cards fall where they may. And if she truly loves you or truly wants to be with you and truly cares about the fact that how handsome you are, then she'll get her shit together as well. And vice versa. 100% of the time where I see these hot-ass women and I see these fat fucking plugs of a husband, and guess what? It completely applies in both sides of the situation because if she's short and heavy, then she might be unhealthy. And obviously, you're resentful and you don't want to initiate with her. If she wants to get more ass, then she needs to get, well, less ass. So I I get it. Dude, I get it. It's a tough conversation to have, 
But if you want to be the man in this marriage, you got to have balls. And it's going to take balls to approach her and talk to her like this. And it's going to be a hard conversation. But this is what's going to define you as a human being for the rest of your life. And if you think that you could be attracted to her as a slim human being and love her for the rest of her life, as long as she loses the weight and gets in shape, then it's worth talking to her about. It's worth talking to her about. So you got to take that risk. And you got to be there for her and you got to support her. And you got to have the right guidance and information in order to make it happen. Because it can happen. It's her responsibility to take care of herself. It's your responsibility to be an honest and truthful husband. And to stay in shape for somebody who needs to get in shape. Because if you don't hold up your end of the bargain, when she drops that weight, guess what? She's going to get attention. And the pros in your situation may not outweigh the cons. And guess what? Religion won't save you in that time, bro. God won't get you out of that mess when the fucking bill comes to when the, when the bill comes to the table and you ain't got the money to back that ass up and she leaves your ass so do yourself a favor approach this now and be ready for when uh she slims down okay be ready for it we are at an hour and 3 minutes uh yeah we're done we're good we're good i did it on the week looks like we made it uh, I want to thank you guys for listening, watching, subscribing, all the new subscribers who don't even know what the fuck is going on. But hey, we're good here. Don't you worry. I got it's it's good times here at the Positive Sarcasm uh, Spare Parts Studio. More cool stuff to come. I got another uh, video coming up on YouTube. It's a little uh, different. Every well, all my shit's different. It's coming down the pike. I look forward to finally getting out and shooting some new concept work too. Uh, I've been saying that for a couple months now, but now is finally, it's peaking towards that time. I also got to pee really bad, but um, must have been the coffee. I got to go buy coffee. Shit. But in the meantime, you can find me on social media. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on TikTok. It's all the same stuff. You can also find me on my YouTube channels, Positive Sarcasm and Positive Sarcasm Podcast. And if you want to subscribe, if you want to join the small force of people, the local militia that is subscribing to this podcast, you can go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, uh, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podcast Addicts. Uh, did I say Spotify? Well, I'm saying it now. Uh, anywhere where podcasts are available, pod, you know, CastBox, whatever. We're, I'm everywhere. But in the meantime, we're closing up at an hour and four minutes. I want to thank you guys for listening, watching, subscribing. I will talk to you all on Sunday. Recorded at the Spare Part Studios, this has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation.
go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate.